He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you as always. And of course, we are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. You can listen to the podcast right there on the front page. Make sure you're subscribed to the email list to get the newsletter as well as links to the podcast. And be on the lookout for the KitchenAid 2021 Senior PGA Championship Preview Edition, which will be coming out shortly. Now, we're going to preview the Honda, Honda Classic later in the show. But right now, we've got a great guest. We love having him on. Can't get enough. Jim Woodward. Woody, we're glad you could join us today. Well, good good to be with you, and hey, congratulations to Sam for joining the team. Congratulations to Golf Oklahoma. That's I love what you guys are doing. It's just getting bigger and better, and that's what's all about. Appreciate that, Thank Woody. You. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Woody, you know, we had a great tournament this last weekend. We had the players at Sawgrass, and we, we just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on what's happening in the game of golf right now. So th- this past weekend, Justin Thomas goes 64-68 on the weekend, ties the lowest 36-hole weekend score at the players, and wins on Sunday by a shot over Lee Westwood. It's You know, he was actually teetering on the cut line for a while on Friday. That is a huge, huge win for Justin Thomas, and I'm sure you will – you were dialed into that like the rest of us were. You know, great golf tournament last week, first off. I mean, you know, with the players, they, they touted it as the fifth major, and that was pretty close to what a major felt and looked like. So it was – I thought that was exciting. I, I was going to bend your guys' ear because I'm going to call you out as, as far as media members go that I want you guys to remember this. You're young and going to have a full career at this. I was really disappointed on Saturday when I was watching the review of it on the golf little golf app I've got. And they were in the press room, and Justin Thomas had just shot 64 to move where he might could win the golf tournament. As it worked out, he did win the golf tournament. But sure enough, there was some moron in the media pool that had to bring up Hawaii again about his, his slur that he had. And I just thought, see, many Christmas, how long – do we beat a man up over something like that? I mean, he lost the polo contract, which I mentioned to you guys earlier. I think that's funny now that he won. I hope he sticks it right up Polo's fanny. Uh, <laughs> I, I never, I never liked polo anyway. But uh, I, I just don't want you guys to do that in your careers. It's it's one thing when he did it, report on it that day. He apologized. But good Lord, right? It was in January, right, guys? It was in January, yeah. yeah. It was the very first, first week yeah. of January. Yeah, first term of the year. Yeah. Second term of the year, yeah. maybe. Well, One I, of those down in Hawaii. How about a guy almost ties a course record and shoots 64? Why don't we ask him about that? Why Why do we have to bring that other deal up? And the, the other thing is, if Justin Thomas was struggling over the last three months, let me just say this. I, I'm not Justin Thomas. I'm not even friends with him. I don't even know. I wouldn't know how to talk to him if I saw him, but. He also lost a grandfather that was really, really, really close to him that helped start him in the game. I'm going to go out on a limb and tell you that that affected Justin Thomas more than his little slip up in Hawaii. What do you all think? I think it's 100%. Yeah, I mean, I remember a um, very similar instance to where my grandpa got me started in the game, and um, I remember he passed away about three days before the Oklahoma Open, and I tried to play, and, and, and it's virtually impossible to, to, to even have it's your mind right. So, I mean, I think that that had, I think that had a lot more to do with his negative play because you notice he, he went over to Dubai right around that time, missed cut, and then his grandfather died um, when yeah. um, when he was at the Waste Management, if I'm not mistaken. He was yeah, in contention. I think it was the Saturday of Waste Management. And then shot 80 yeah. or whatever on the last round. I mean, you just don't have a, a prayer at that point. Yeah, and I, I just, you, you know, you talk about Polo dropping him and everything, and Justin Thomas handled it exactly right. You know, he said something he shouldn't have. He immediately got to a microphone. He apologized. He did everything exactly the right way, and I actually was relieved that Sunday after the tournament, the the interviewer on TV did not ask him at the podium uh, about what happened in Hawaii and about Polo, but did ask him about his grandpa, and he got teared up, uh, and he got emotional. So I I think Justin Thomas has handled it as well as you could handle it, and I I don't see it having any ill effects on him going forward. Yeah, you know, what? what, and then not to mention he's close with Tiger as well, you know, and that 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 still happened as well. Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot on his plate, and and as golfers, you guys, you know as golfers, I mean, 
there is such a fine line. We don't know what's going on in their personal lives a lot of times. And, and you know what? We're immediately, we're, we're quick to jump on them if they aren't playing good. But then again, hey, they might have some real issues going on at home, whether it's marital problems or I know that Chris Kirk had an alcohol problem. I know that uh, uh, that's when brain dead the guy that won the U.S. Open and White was beating him up because he couldn't break par. Lucas I mean, there's Glover. a lot. To, Lucas Glover, that's right. There's a, there's a, hey, there's a lot that goes on that kind of gets a guy a little bit off his game. But Justin Thomas has been just such a class act through this. So I just want them to know that, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm just challenging you guys being in the media. Kind of remember kind of stuff like that because, and yeah, he, he, he shouldn't have done what he did, but these microphones now, how come, how come everybody still like Russell, Russell Westbrook when he ran up and down the side of the court by those seats using the F word bomb every time you turned around? Uh, you know, I didn't hear anybody in the media jumping on him for that. I mean, you know, I, I just sometimes it's very hypocritical what we have in sports, and and they're they're quick to jump on a golf pro when a microphone picks him up from fifty seventy yards. He doesn't even know it's picking him up. So. All those guys are going to be careful, just like, you know, Jordan Spieth. Talking about Sabatini and, and talking about, I think Morikawa mentioned someone's girlfriend or wife, you know, and they didn't even yeah. know that the, the microphone yeah. was right there. You know? <laughs> these, so. guys are going to have, these guys are going to have to be really careful because we're getting to see more golf than we've ever seen, and we got microphones everywhere. So, I mean, I – I really would have been scared to death in my early years of playing out there in the 90s if they'd have had that. I, I don't know. I, I probably had a fine or two in my locker. I know that. So they're going to have to be careful, really careful. But then the other side of the coin is it sure is fun to kind of listen to what they say to the caddies at times and what's going on in their minds. So it, I guess it's catch-22. Yeah, yeah, we 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 were talking about on our last show. We we love the caddy and uh, you know caddy player interaction. It's very fascinating to hear what they say. And you know, Willie, there's two things I'm really sure of in this world, and that's um you know one is that every human being makes mistakes, and two is that we don't have a time machine, or at least that I know of. So yeah. you know, Justin Thomas makes a mistake. He admits it. It's wrong. And then comes out. Why do we have to keep bringing it up? He, can't, he doesn't have a time machine to go back and change what he did. So why no. it, you, you're making the problem worse by keep asking about it. If you want it well, to go away, move down. on from it. And so that's immediately what I said when, when it first happened was, if you want to stop the hate, quit retweeting and reposting what he said. Because cause whenever it, it first happened, I had to turn my microphone up to max volume and have it hold it right up to my ear and I could hardly still hear what he said. And so it's, you know, people are trying to enforce it and get it out there and it's like, if you actually really want the problem to end, stop spreading it. I mean, it's like, you know, make it, you know, uh, you know, if you're sick, don't go out and try to, you know, spread it around. So it's the exact same thing. If you think something's ill intent, don't let everyone see it and don't let people know about it. So I couldn't agree with you more, Woody. And I think that uh, Justin Thomas, especially the 2.7 2.7 million he put in the bank account really put it to Polo and all the people that are hating him. Yeah. So. I hope so. I hope so. But but the other side of the coin is, is that people just need to get on their big boy pants. I mean, you know, even at Christmas, we get our feelings hurt for everything in this stupid country now. I mean, gosh, everybody just kind of take a deep breath and I'm, I'm going to try not to offend you, but if I did, I'm sorry, move on. Yep. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And it's, as media guys, you guys gonna be around it your whole life. Just be careful. Be right. careful not to not to be the Debbie Downer, so to speak. Try to find the positives. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, what positives did you find in the golf uh, last week, Woody? Obviously, Justin Thomas with an absolute stripe show on Sunday. We had our guy Taylor Gooch hitting a bunch of great shots and putts down the stretch, um, and then Deshambo just dominating number 16 and uh and then obviously Westwood's uh woes on four with DeChambeau I mean what what did you see last week in the golf Woody I mean it was craziness huh you know that was some bad some entertaining I, it's been a long time since I've been a pure pro cold top one uh, <laughs> especially to me of DeChambeau's caliber and then to have uh Lee Westwood basically just slice that three wood. I don't even know what that shot was. Uh, and they did them back to back. So I think everybody that was watching that kind of went, oh, you know, the, 
the Sunday day golfer that's got the 20 handicap goes, well, I can hit that shot. And yes, they can. So it was, it was, it was pure entertainment again, just like Bay Hill where those two were battling it out. And then all of a sudden Justin Thomas just kind of came roaring in there. But uh, I, I tell you the guy that we've talked about him was, is Taylor Gooch. Uh, you know, I've heard some people, just some scuttlebutt, you know, people saying, well, he needs to win, and he needs to get a win, and he needs to do this. Let me tell you something. Taylor Pitch is going to win a golf tournament. Just get ready. I'm not sure when. I, I think he'll come from behind is what he'll probably do, but he's playing too good a golf. But what he is doing is he's patiently getting better and better and better. He's not worried about, and he shouldn't worry about, hitting a home run yet because it will come. Just keep doing what he is doing, and then all the rest of that stuff will take care of itself. When the time is right, he will win a golf tournament. I'm guaranteeing you that, and it's going to be sooner than later. He just doesn't need to be, you know, listening to all those uh, people barking in his ear about, well, you need to win like Hoblin and, and Wolf. Well, he he's not the same kind of player as Hoblin and Wolf. He wasn't in college, and now it doesn't mean he can't catch them and pass them. I can tell you that. There's a lot of guys playing the PGA Tour that didn't do anything in college that are the most winners. So uh, one of them might be Dustin Johnson. Uh, he didn't right, just number one player in, in the college. world. Yeah, he didn't just light it up in college. So there's, a, there's, there's just kind of a progression. We always say in, in golf, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And you don't need to just think it's a sprint. You need to just keep knocking on the door, knocking on the door, the door will open. So I'm just really proud of the way he's handled himself, the way he's doing this. And I just, you know, I just hope he doesn't, he isn't listening to those people barking at him. Well, you need to win a golf tournament because he will. Just give him time. Yeah, we're obviously huge Taylor Gooch fans uh, on this show. He gave us a couple hours a few weeks back, and if you haven't listened to that interview, uh, everybody, we encourage you to go listen to it because he's playing some great golf, and, and you could tell that it was coming for him, and he was great this week at the Players. He's in the field this week at the Honda, but what do you mentioned Bay Hill, and I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, what Bryson did on number six. Obviously aimed it way further left than we've ever seen anybody aim it. He made birdie on both Saturday and Sunday, despite the fact that he really didn't hit great approach shots either day once he got it over there into the rough and into that fairway bunker. So, so what do you think about Bryson, you know, getting as big as he's gotten and taking a line on number six at Bay Hill that we probably didn't think we'd ever see? You know, he's, he ceases to amaze me what he can do with his length. And, and on golf courses like he won at Wingfoot uh, at Bay Hill, he plays really good at Sawgrass. Uh, that, that, the thought that she can't hit it long and crooked and still play, that's not necessarily true because he doesn't really hit it that crooked. If you look at the stats on the PGA Tour, he's about as straight as most of those guys out there, if not straighter, and he's 50 to 70 yards past them. So um, let's just say this. I don't think I've ever seen anybody with that kind of club head speed and that kind of balance. As a teaching pro, I just am amazed at how good his balance is and his contact with the golf ball swinging at what? that fast at a ball speed of 200 miles an hour. I just, he ceases to amaze me. I thought it was kind of cool to watch that at Bay Hill. Now, I can tell you this, when I played Bay Hill, I never even thought about hardly cutting the water off. <laughs> I think a coward I was. I just kind of went out there and then hit a wood or something up the fairway and I just tried to hit a leg on. Even reaching the greens in two the way these guys do now just blows my mind. It's just, uh, I don't think anybody's short anymore that plays a PGA Tour. That's a that's a very of an oxymoron because I think the what's the shortest guy is like 275 or 8, 280. Uh, Back in my day, that was that was long. So, um, I, I guess, what are we going to see from DeChambeau in the next year or two years, five years? I don't know. But one thing you can count on, it'll be something to talk about or write about because he, he's going to just keep pushing the envelope. Yeah, and you mentioned it perfectly. But you know, he's hitting it so much further, but he's also hitting more fairways than people thinking that he is. And 
over the last 12 months, I believe he's 10th or 11th in strokes gained putting too. So he's been able to turn that around with his with his arm lock method and um, really just kind of changing the game for a lot of people. Just, and, just real quick, Taylor, before you ask your question, I was just going to tell you, Woody, dead last in driving distance on the PGA Tour currently is DA points. He ranks 221st. He averages 271.1 yards off the tee. That is 221st on tour. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, that that, unbelievable. That, that, that's that's, a, yeah, that's, that's a short, the shortest player on tour hits at 270 now. So that, that that's really a perfect segue into what I was going to ask you, Woody, because for anyone who listens to our show knows really where, where I stand and, and a lot of us stand on this distance debate. And we've asked Taylor Gooch, we've asked Quade Cummings, our guest, and um, we got an interview with Scott Verplink out. We asked his take as well. And uh, so I want to get your take, Woody, on, you know, you're talking here about how much Bryson is and taking it further. Now we just noticed that the uh, shortest driver on tour hits at 271. So um, how do you feel about the distance debate? You think uh, they should dial it back at all? Should they keep it the way it is, start changing courses around the um, best they can? What, what are your thoughts on that, my friend? I, You know, I mean, boy, anytime you start moving stuff like the golf ball and, and, and putting restrictions on it and things like that, boy, you're just opening up a big can of worms. Do I like them hitting at 350 yards? No, I do not. Uh, that's not golf, in my opinion. But doggone it, it, you should have put your foot on it a long time ago. Why wait till now? Why didn't you put your foot on it when, you know, John Daly was hitting at 310 yards back in the early 90s, okay? I mean, if you saw there was going to be a problem if you were the USGA and the RNA, Yet they waited too long. Now you got you a mess. So, um, and how do you protect the golf course with those guys? I the only way I know to really protect one is is like a Southern Hills that has those those dog legs where they can't really cut corners. The trees are too big, or or possibly that if they hit those clubs, they'll go through the fairways. But uh, at the at the DPC, you saw how many fairway woods and irons they were hitting off the tee. So. Uh, and why wouldn't you? I mean, what's Bryson hit his four iron, 250 yards? Uh, if if he like doesn't that. top it. Yeah, if he doesn't top it. You're <laughs> exactly right. So, yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, you got to tell me. I, if they do something to the ball, I don't really want to do it to the amateur golfer. I, yeah. I, I think it's kind of cool that all the all the uh, benefits the amateur golfer get now with the golf clubs are better. Uh, the balls are easier to hit. They don't move around as much. So uh, I think it's been great for golf for the average player. And if the tour pro has gotten out of control, well, um, you know, be careful. That's all I got to say about that. Be careful. You should have stepped on them a long time ago. Now it's a little late to start going, oh, well, yeah, it's too far. So that's just my two cents. Yeah, Woody, uh, transitioning a little bit here. Uh, yesterday, Brandel Chambly had an interesting tweet that I want to ask you about. Uh, obviously, you were a teaching pro, member of the PGA of America and everything, and have uh, played in some of those PGA of America events. And he's, Brandel came out yesterday and said the PGA should move around the world to various PGAs of the world. England, South Africa, Australia, Asia, etc. Do you think that the PGA should look into going around the country, or do you think that they uh, should stay in America? Oh, you know, I mean, the, the PGA of has always been a, a, a facility or a group of people that that kind of focused in the United States. And uh, I know there's a British PGA because I went and played in it. After I won the senior club pro championship, I went overseas to Manchester, England, and we played in an, I played in the actual uh, British version of the senior PGA over there. So I, I think these other countries, most of them do have golf tournaments going on for guys if they want to do it. And Americans are welcome to go over there just like um, – if the foreign contingents allowed to come over here and try to qualify for it. So, um, you know, I think a lot of times Brandel sits at home and tries to think what he can say that can stir up the pot the most. <laughs> and, and uh, you know what? And God love him, but he does a great job with the golf channel. And, and let me just say this about Brandon Lee. He's very knowledgeable. He does his homework more so than people think when he's about to often say something really radical. He, he prepares himself very well for whatever he's going to say. So, uh, 
I have to disagree with Brandel. I don't think they need to be doing that, but that's just my two cents. Again, that's all I got to say about that. I'm not Brandel Chambly. I don't work for the golf channel, but I wouldn't move them. I'd, I'd keep them right here in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There could definitely be a lot of lot of logistics when it comes to that going globally and dealing with all kinds of different countries on that aspect. So that's just another area of it. And, you know, one thing you know, uh, Sam mentioned earlier when we were talking about Justin Thomas, how much of an impact Tiger has had on him, and that's a hardship that he can go through. And we haven't had Yon since um, the unfortunate news about Tiger's um, car crash that right. came out. Um, you know, so kind of give us, you know, how did you hear about it? What what was your first thought? And you know, kind of just give us your overall opinion on, on the whole situation, Woody. I was actually at an oak tree, and, and I saw someone come across the television. Somebody was sitting there watching. I said, what's going on? They said, car, Tiger Woods is in a real bad car crash. And I go, oh, no. And I said, where? And he, they said he was out in L.A. And uh, I said, oh, man. I said, did somebody hit him or did he hit somebody? What happened? He goes, no, it looks like he was just driving and lost control of the car and rolled it. So, you know, again, where do people jump right off the bat? <laughs> oh, well, he had to be, you know some kind of medication after his back surgery and all that. So they immediately wanted to kind of, uh, oh, I think for better lack of saying it, they wanted to kind of get a story going. And and you know what? I I didn't jump on that bandwagon early. I didn't want to jump on it at all. I wanted, to, I wanted this story to, to run its course, so to speak. And so as it's gone, you know what? They're kind of finding out maybe he, he fell asleep is what they're thinking now, but I don't know that anybody knows. Do they know yet, guys? If you heard anything? No, we, we still don't know for sure exactly what happened. Well, uh, you know, I'm 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 not going to ever count him out, but boy, I got to tell you, you know, at at 45, that body doesn't respond, and he is he's done a lot of things to his body. You know what I mean? That has been worked on or prodded or you know whatever it might be so i i'm pulling for him but it, it sounds like to me that was a very 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 severe injury and it will take uh, at least a year i would say for him to get back to where that that leg will work again um and even then now he's 46 probably late 46 and uh but again, I'm not going to count him out yet. I'm not, I'm not going to count him out yet. I mean, Ben Hogan came back from probably even worse injuries than that and still was able to play pretty good golf. So if there's one guy, if there's one guy that wants to pay the dues, work himself back into it, it's him, and we'll see how it works out for him. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Woody, we'll have you back on Masters Week for your official prediction. But we're only a few, we're only a few weeks away now, so you got any any feelings as we start to approach Augusta? Well, you guys laughed at Steve when I picked him a year ago for that <laughs> open eleven. I don't know what it was, but I told you he was going to make a. I mean, he's going to come back, and and so I, how do I not look at him for the Masters? Uh, but. How do you not look at Justin? How do you not look at Dustin Johnson? I mean, there is hey, there's such a group of them, but I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to be one of my three. Yeah. He might be my long shot. He might be my favorite, just to blow your all's hair back one more time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that would definitely blow us back, Woody. Um, what, what do you make of, of Spieth here lately? You know, he's been in, how many, what, two or three final groups now or been in contention, hadn't really been there on Sunday. You know, we, and we kind of seen the trends of him coming back. What what do you make of that? You think he's going to break through sooner rather than later, or um, do you think that that's something that may get in his head, um, you know, being there not being able to close it out? Well, I, you know, I thought the best thing he did was reach out to Butch Harmon at the first of the year. And not that I, I'm not saying anything about Cameron McCormick. I think he's a great teacher. But I think you can fill a guy's head with so much. And you can, you know, every day Devin Ranger is searching for something again, searching for something again. And, and with Butch, I kind of like to call him the swing whisperer. Because what he does is he gets these guys that are struggling and he tries to remind them how good they are and what they are. And he goes back to just pure basics. And he just says, hey, let's work on your grip. Let's work on your pocket. Let's work on your setup. And what he does is he gives them confidence again. And you guys play golf. You know what's the difference in a guy that feels good and a guy that doesn't. And I just think that Justin was – I mean, Jordan was just so – he just had too much going on in his head. He couldn't even pull the club back. And 
And I think all Herman did was just try to explain to him, hey, you do this really good, you do this really good. All he did was brag on him and say, hey, if you're going to do that one thing, I'd work on your balance a little bit, or I'd work on this. And he didn't go in there and reinvent the wheel. All he did is build this kid's confidence back up. And, of course, that's easier said than done, but Jordan went out and played good for two or three weeks. And, yes, he got in the hunt again. And will he finish him off again? Yeah, he's got that kind of golf skill. So it's just a matter of time. Like we said about Dave, someone can just tell the writing's on the wall, okay? They will come back. They will make it work. It, 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 they're too good is what I'm telling you. They're just too good to all of a sudden wake up one day and be gone. Yep. Especially if they're, especially if they still care. Now you hear stories of the day that evolved, the year he makes the ends, that they lost it and never got it back. But I think they lost their will to play. I think they lost their grind. They lost their competitive edge. I don't see that speed. He, he is not. He is not quick grinding. That is for sure. And and so as long as he cares and he wants it bad enough, he'll be there. He'll be all right. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to have confidence in something that you don't want to do. And so it looks like Speeth exactly. wants to be out there. I think he'll be one of those guys that plays until and, until he can't. So Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Uh, Woody, you are the man. Uh, hopefully we can get a Taylor Gooch win this week at the Honda. We can all have a big celebration. Hey, you never know, but watch him. I'm telling you, it's coming. Yep, we're going to keep a close eye. Woody, we appreciate you joining us. Always a pleasure. Always good talking to you boys. Have a good day. All right, you do the same. Thanks, Thanks Woody. Woody. Thanks, Woody. That was Oklahoma Golf Legend Jim Woodward joining us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to golfoklahoma.org. Make sure you're subscribed to the email list, get the newsletter, all that great stuff. You can also find us the 73rdhole.com. And then on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, search 73rd hole, and you will find us. We're going to take a break, come back on the other side, and we will have our full Honda Classic preview. DraftKings lineups, one and done picks, best bets, the works. It's all coming up after the break. Stay with us here on the 73rd. Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back here, rolling along on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Always nice when Oklahoma golf legend Jim Woodward, a.k.a. Woody, gives us a call and gives his thoughts on what's happening in the world of golf. And what's happening in the world of golf this week is the Honda Classic. Gentlemen, the Bear Trap, this is, you know, usually one of the toughest events of the year. In just one of the last eight times this tournament's been played, and three of the last 14 times has the winner reached a double-digit under par score. One of the main reasons, gets pretty windy down there. Bear Trap obviously is very tough. And Sam, I know you were looking at some stuff on the Bear Trap. It is a great three-hole stretch. And uh, you got some numbers for us. Yeah, you know, this morning I was reading an article about the Bear Trap on Golf Digest. Uh, com, and they had some interesting uh, stats about the Bear Trap. Obviously, the Bear Trap's known for how tough it is. Um, obviously, 15 is a par 3 that's 179 yards over water. The 16th is a par 4, 300, or 434 yards uh, with water in play. And then the 17th hole, par 3, longest par 3 over water, 190. So, it is known as one of the tougher uh, three-hole stretches on tour. But... Uh, I might have uh, a little uh, caveat to that. So let's let's actually play a trivia game here. So I'm going to explain this. So we're going to start on the 15th hole, the par 3, 
179 over the water. Okay. Where does the 15th hole rank at PGA National average since 2007? So, uh, so National, of the 18 holes at PGA National, yes. so like if it was being handicapped, at, what, what would it be handicapped as? Uh, not necessarily handicapped, but how tough it played each year, averaged it out since 2007. Okay, since so 2007, I would say 15 ranked as, I'll say it ranked as the third toughest hole on the course. Okay. I will say the sixth. All right, it averaged as the fifth. Good job, T-Dub. Now, uh, now we're looking at score to par, averaged out since 2007. How, ma- how many over or under par it played uh, since 2007? So it's the average, correct? Yes, the okay, average. Okay, so I would say probably .43 strokes over par. Okay. I'm going to say .72 strokes over par. I think it got windy sometimes. Actually, not as tough as you would think. .233 over par. Really? Okay. Since, since That's not even a third of a stroke over par. That's All right. a lot lower than I would have thought. All right, so where does the 15th par 3 rank on tour since 2007? Averaged out as the on toughest tour. hole on tour. Okay, so oh, you want wow. us to guess like uh, where it ranks in terms of toughest holes on tour. Yeah. So I think it ranks... Here, tell you guess first this time. Well, if it was the fifth hardest cor- if it was the fifth hardest hole on the court on this course, there's got to be a lot of holes else in front of it. I'm going to say, and I'm going to say 96, just because he flipped the numbers and it's my favorite number. I'm going to say 52. <laughs> it's 126. Wow, averaged out. A lot of hard holes. That's out a there, lot Colby. lower than I would have thought. But yeah, I guess you're right. A lot of hard holes. All right, so now let's go to the 16th hole. Where does it rank at PGA? Par, National? par four, right? Yep, par four, 334 yards. Okay, or 434 four, yards, yeah, sorry. Okay. Second shot's usually over water, yep. real narrow fairway, normally in a fairway bunker. I'll say, I'll say 16 ranks as the second hardest hole on the course. Okay. I will say it is the third hardest. It's actually the seventh hardest hole really? on the course since 2007. I figured Very that nice. one would be harder than the par threes because you have to hit two good shots on 16, yep. whereas you on 15 and 17, you really only have to make one good swing. All right, so score to par, over or under par. How's it played since 2007? That's easier. So I'm going to say .25 strokes over par. .16. .158. Very close, team. Oh, round it up. That's a winner. Round it up. That's a winner. All right, so where where does it rank on tour? Uh, Oh, it's way down there, then. I was fixing to say, yeah, it's got to be 200. 196. 202. (laughs) Yes, sir. Dang it. I finally got one. (laughs) It took me like six guesses, but I finally got one. All right. So 17, probably the toughest one out of these uh, as as far as history goes. Uh, Where does it rank at PGA National as the toughest hole? I'm going to say second. Uh, I'll say first. It's actually four and a half averaged out throughout. Okay. Throughout. uh, So it's tied with with fourth and fifth. Yeah. 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 All right. Score to par. How many over under par? 17. It's harder than the other holes, so I'll say point three four strokes over par. Point three one. Point two five. Really? Yep. Wow. Only point two five shots over par since two thousand seven. Hashtag these guys are good. These guys are very good. <laughs> and then on the PGA tour since two thousand seven, where does it rank? Uh, a little tougher than the others, so I'll say eighty eighth. Ninety sixth. One twenty sixth. One twenty sixth. Actually yeah. tied with the 15th. I was going to say, isn't that what the 15th okay. hole's ranked? Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. So, 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 so they're essentially, one hole's 10 yards longer, but they play the exact same. Over, oh, over the way wise. they calculate rank on PGA Tour is over under par, how right. it's played. Since 2007, it's 126, tied with the 15th hole, and then the 16th hole is actually the 202nd hardest hole on the PGA Tour. And actually, in 2019, the last time they played there, uh, the PGA or on the PGA Tour, the 15th hole ranked as the 123rd hardest hole. The 16th hole was the 340th hardest hole, and the 17th hole was the 261st hardest hole. I, I think and, that and at PGA National and at PGA National, it on 15 it was the sixth hardest hole, 16 it was the 11th hardest hole, and 17 it was the 10th hardest hole. I think that was uh, 2019 um, because they actually ended up playing it last year when Sung Jay won it. So I think that because remember last year yep, he won with like four, four yep. under, No, that was no, 2020. No, he, won it, he won it last year. 2020. Tw- okay, Sung Jay won it in 2020. So, okay, so, so this is a year before it was playing. Year, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a year before because last year it played really tough just Got like it. the yeah, Bay yeah, Hill yeah. did because they were back right, right, right. Right. But, but your point's made. Yeah. Point by made. the way, do y'all remember what the winning score was last year? I have it right in front of me, so I'm not going to guess. Sam, any guesses winning score last year? It was tough. 
course, seven playing under. tough. You were close. Six under. Sungjae yeah. won at six under. Mackenzie Hughes was at five under. They both fired Sunday 66s. Other names in the top five last year. Tommy Fleetwood, Ben On, uh, Daniel Berger, Lee Westwood, and Brendan Steele. All those guys were in there. Uh, T3. Yeah, and, you know, just reading off some T- of the... T4, win- pardon me, T4. Re- reading off the winning scores, you know, because you mentioned there's only been so many double digits on the part. Here's been the winning scores here going back so far. Minus 6, minus 9, minus 8, minus 12, minus 9, minus 6, minus 8, minus 9, minus 12, minus 9, minus 13, minus 9, minus 6, minus 5. That's going back to 2007. And that's the winning and, score. And 2007, guys, went minus 5 in a playoff. That's when Mark Wilson won. Mark Wilson! That's when it happened. <laughs> 2007. Yes, yep. yes, and he won hey. in a playoff at five hey. under par. By the way, since we're already talking about it, it's time to guess strength of field. You got the strength of field pulled oh, up? Oh, absolutely. Sam, oh, you want to yeah. guess first? Strength of field this week at the Honda. What was last week? Eight, 866? 840 was last week, put it, to put it okay. into perspective. And the uh, Qatar Masters that uh, your boy Antoine uh, Rosner won was strength of field of 69. Nice. So I'm what, going we, with 152. 152? That's a pretty good guess. I'll, uh, six of the top 50 in the world are here. I'm going to give it a 201 strength of field ranking. Close. 193. 193. Oh, okay. Golly. So yep. we're, what does that put us? About 650 spots lower than where we were last week? Yeah. I mean, 647? it's. 647? Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's at a bad time. I mean, we got the match play next week, so people are taking off. And then. Yeah. And then you got the. Um, the players uh, last week. Yeah. Players last week. Then you have uh, San Antonio the week before. So, and you have your players who won't. Players are either dead set on not playing the week before a major or playing the week before a major. So you have a lot of guys who may play two weeks in a row if they end up playing the match play and that. So no one wants to play three weeks in a row leading up to Augusta. So right. it, it's really just a bad time in the schedule for the Honda because it usually draws a stronger field than this. You know, I mean, Tiger Rory used to play in it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just a timing issue more it than is. anything, guys. And it's a good, tough course, too. I mean, my point about the Bear Trap wasn't to say that it's easy. I'm just saying, you know, it might be not quite as – hard over the past few years that yeah. people might have think be, have thought because you see the shots go in the water coming down the stretch but that doesn't necessarily plays mean it mean it, that it plays that tough uh, throughout the whole tournament. Yeah, yeah I, know. I, I, can't, I thought that was good because I, I would have thought it ranked higher than, yeah. what, than what those numbers I can't, are. I can't remember if it's five, six, or seven. There's one hole on the front nine that is that always plays as the hardest. It's a par four. It's got water all up the left, and everyone just blows it right either in the bunkers or right of the bunkers in the fairway. I, I, I need to look up what hole it is, but um, but nevertheless, yeah, I, so I, I knew that that's the reason I never guessed number one is because I knew that hole always played as the right. hardest. So that's yep. why I said I thought 17 would play as the, the second hardest, but I'd be fascinated to to know what the what the second and the third harder souls are out there, I'm trying to think of them, and obviously it's not 18 because it's a part five. And um, you know, I'm trying to think, and uh, maybe maybe there's another long part three on the front or something like that that I'm yeah. not thinking of. So. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think we're ready for the bear trap. I think we're ready for DraftKings. Shall we dive in? Let's get it. Let's, Let's dive it. in. So we go in uh, order of last week's finishes. None of us cashed, but the order was myself, Taylor, and then Sam uh, brought up the rear. Shout last out week. to Rory for helping me bring up the rear. Shout yeah, out to no Rory doubt. was a, a big key in Sam's lineup yeah, last and, week. And can't lay. That, that helped him work his way down. He was good too. Can't lay. Yes, yeah. can't lay. Also good. Uh, I'll start with my cheapest option this week, gentlemen. And this is, boy, six of the top 50 in the world. DraftKings prices are a little different than they've been in a while. So I'm going to go down. Got a couple old guys in the 6,000s on my team. Give me Stuart Sink at 6,500. He's played well. He's played a lot here. Doesn't hardly ever miss the cut here. And in the 6,000s, in a week with a strength of field of 193, I'm looking for somebody who I just think will make the cut, and I just think Stuart Sink will make the cut. So he'll be my first pick at 6,500. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those weeks where if you get uh, if you get all six to make the cut, you know, because like Kobe, a few weeks ago, you had all six make the cut and you weren't cashing just because if the field's so strong and you could pick some lower-valued guys, it's easier to get that. So I think this week, if you are able to get six made cuts, you have a great chance of cashing. So my next guy, I'm just like you, Colby, trying to try dig the barrel. So went through, barely crept into the 6,000s at 6,900. Went with a gentleman by the name of John Hump. So go, looking back on huh? it. Exactly. <laughs> John Hump. Exactly. H-U-H. Last name. John Hump. Exactly. So going back his last few finishes, it's made, um, let me see here, going back all the way to the Essentially, going back to the Honda here last year, he has only missed one cut, and that was at the Waste Management a couple weeks ago. So he's been making some cuts, and um, also, too, let me get this pulled up here real quick, uh, course history, because I believe he has, yeah, he's been here since 2012. He's played here, was at eight times, and has made the cut five of them. So for someone who's that cheap, below 7,000, go ahead and give them to me. 
All right, so I'm starting at six thousand, bottom of the barrel. Whoa, because nice. Whoa. I because I don't see many great names in this tournament, so I'm gonna have to top load my lineup this week, and I am gonna go old school. VJ Singh. Oh VJ wow! Singh. Okay. Because he's the only name down there that I, I mean, even remotely know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know a few guys down there. But VJ's gearing up for the uh, senior PGA up at Southern Hills. I mean, the last time he teed it up, he uh, shot a 69 in the Colgard Classic. Um, so you never know. VJ could uh, hopefully make the cut and... Give me some points on the weekend. Yeah. But, you, you, know, going cheap with, you going cheap with your second pick, or are you about to jump up? Uh, Semi-cheap with my second pick. I'm going to go with another old guy. I might lead the lead the uh, DraftKings field this week in uh, age, but I'm going 6,800 with Steve Stricker. Oh, man. Steve, uh, you, yep. you really might. So Steve Stricker obviously played some nice golf at the Waste Management the other week. Um, and at 6,800, I mean, he's been out there every week looking at these younger guys play. And um, we just talked to uh, Scott Verplank, uh, and he was saying that it, it's really helped his game being around the younger guys for uh, this whole year. And so maybe you can find some value with Steve Stricker. I mean, he never seems to play that bad. Yeah, and also, if you want to hear about Steve Stricker's dogs, you'll have to listen to our interview with Scott Verplank. Yep. That's just a little tease there. If you want to learn about Steve Stricker's dogs, you got to listen to the pod with Verplank. Tyler, yeah. where are you going with your second Absolutely. pick? Absolutely. Fabulous interview we had. It uh, will be coming out later this week. And uh, so Thursday, I'm go- Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Yep. yep. Yep, Thursday morning. So I will go with a guy who, Sam, you've been on a lot this year just because of the name factor. That's me, your boy Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas. Best name in golf, as you say. I'm not sure if it is. I'll have to go and do some calculating on that. But um, 7,300, good um, good value. He's made his last four cuts going back to the um, uh, Saudi International. Uh, last cut he missed was at the Farmers at uh, at Torrey. And at this course, gentlemen, in um, in eight appearances, has seven of eight made cuts. So another che- uh, fifth cheapest guy, another guy who tends to play pretty well here. So I'm going to ride with it. So go ahead, Colby. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I'm still in the 6,000s. I'm still just looking for cut makers in the 6,000s. And I singled out Cameron Percy, 46-year-old Cameron Percy. Had a T29 last week at the Players. But I like for the week, all four rounds combined, he gained strokes in every category. Putting around the green, approach off the tee and tee to green. So every part of his game is pretty good right now. Uh, He's played here twice. He was supposed to play here a third time in 2017. Didn't start that year. Made the cut both times that he's played here in 2013 and in 2020. Also, his last five events, he only has one missed cut. That dates back to January 28th. Only missed cut was at Bay Hill. So Cameron Percy playing pretty good golf for the value at 6,900. And then with my next pick, this one I'm kind of taking a little bit of a risk. We saw him flub a bunker shot a couple weeks ago at Bay Hill when he was making a back nine charge, and that's Richie Wierenski at 7,200. I needed somebody a little bit further down the list once again. Uh, and Richie Wierenski, he, he's had a back and forth going. It seems like he played plays well, and then he misses a cut. And he plays well, and then he misses a cut. Well, he played well at Bay Hill. Last year, he missed the cut at the players. He's going to play well this week at Honda, so I've got Wierenski at 7,200. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I like that. Uh, guy who's on the big break, a lot of people tend to forget that, so I'll shut that out there. Um, My next uh, next guy, uh, gentlemen, is a guy who you've been on, Colby, a couple weeks, and uh, it's cut-making machine. That's Zach Johnson at 7,400. I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling through here, guys. I have to go all the way back to the PGA Championship at Harding Park before uh, Zach Johnson missed a cut. So if the if the streak's going to end, it's it's going to end when I pick him. So it probably will happen. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's one hell of a streak. So I'm gonna ride it until until it until he hops off the train. Uh, I love that pick, T Dub. Uh, my next pick is going to be at eight thousand. Um, I'm going Bian Hun on Ben on. Um, made a made a nice eleven on seventeen last week. He, he was yep. one over par through sixteen holes and shot eighty three. Yeah. And made fun of himself for three days, and he might be my new hero. <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, bother me that much. Uh, his two rounds at the players, because when I go back and look at his course history at PGA National, uh, I see twelve rounds played, and he's positive about two point one shots on the field uh, strokes gain at PGA National. That's pretty so solid. That's uh, and then I and then I'm going. Uh, I only wrote five down on my sheet. Oh, you missed a name? Yeah. Oh, Sam missed a name. That's brilliant. Oh I did that brilliant. last week, too. Oh, I got to look at this. Yes, yeah, Sam, if you, if you only put in five players, you're going to get less points. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make much sense, does it? 
Yeah, I was just saying, unless one of them's a miscut, but no, even miscuts get you points because they get points for birdies. Oh, I put bogeys. <laughs> I put <laughs> your pick. It's Zach Johnson at seventy four hundred. Yes. I skipped oh, Zach Johnson. Oh no, copycat! You can look. You can look. I didn't I, just I copy see, that off it. you. Y'all curse Zach Johnson. Yeah, I'm sorry, Zach. I picked you and you made the cut. I so if, I like if, Zach if mi- Johnson because eleven of eleven cuts made some prior good course history here. Two top tens, like T Dub said. If he misses the cut, it's clearly on y'all. No, I mean, no, you, no. you both picked him this week. There's a lot of pressure. There's no doubt. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> it, it's the kiss of death. And I'm gentlemen. I'm going with another guy. It's the exact same situation. Just a cut making machine, guys. That's Patton Kazire, seventy five hundred. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm I'm scrolling back here. I have to go back to the Safeway Open back in what was that October to find a miscut for this guy. I mean, we're talking what is this? 12 straight made cuts, something along those lines. And, um, I mean, doesn't have particularly the best course history here. But um, I'm just, like I said, it's a tournament like this, going to ride with with cut makers. Has a, best finishes are 26 back in, in 2016. So, hopefully he can find a little bit of form like that. So, I, it, it, one of these guys' streak will probably end this week, if not both of them, just because I picked them. So, yeah. go ahead, Cole. Yeah, absolutely. I'm getting up into the 9,000s now with my next couple of picks. And one of these guys is at 9,200, and that is Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry, a couple of weeks ago at Bay Hill, missed the cut, but he struck the ball unbelievably. And then he went to... Uh, Sawgrass last week finished eighth, gained uh, strokes in every category. He was 1.86 strokes gained, T to green, which was really good last week at uh, at the players, was right near the top. So I like Shane Lowry's chances this week actually to win the tournament. He, he's a guy that I, I think could hoist the trophy. Also, he lives about five minutes from the course. Also, he was headed to Augusta with Lee Westwood, and his swing coach was going to meet him there. He just switched to a new putting grip that he says he really likes. So I, I just think all signs point the right direction for Shane Lowry this week, who, despite loving the golf course and living just a, a few blocks away, never finished better than 21st here. So I, I think he'll have a better finish than that this week. And then at 9,300, uh, that's about exactly how much I had to spend. I had 100 left over uh, I could have if I wanted to. I like Taylor Gooch at 9,300. Hits the ball really well. Great iron player. Uh, should be able to navigate the the bear trap. The only category he lost strokes in last week at the players was off the tee, and he was phenomenal everywhere else. Um, so I like Taylor Gooch this week, friend of the show, to have a good finish. And, hey, we're all waiting on that bait, on that breakthrough. So yes, no, sir. No, no time like the present. It's just like Woody said. It, it's coming soon, and it'll be sooner rather than later, in my opinion. Um, so jump on the train be- before it happens. But at least DraftKings finally shown him respect, 9,300. You yeah, know, no finally, finally getting him some some respect. So that's great. My next pick, gentlemen, is a guy who kind of I'm not feeling the most confident about, but he fit really well into my lineup. So I'm gonna let it ride just because I he's either hit or miss on this course, and that is the Aussie uh, Adam Scott at ten thousand one hundred. Oh. So going back here, going back to 2011, he's only played here six times, has two missed cuts, but when he has made the cut, one back in 2016, uh, finished 12th in 2014, and 2017, 2018 finished 14th and 13th respectively. So if he does get to the weekend, he finishes inside the top 15. So and I I, I expect him to to have somewhat decent form this week. So. All right, so I'm going to go with uh, Daniel Berger at 10,800, the heavy favorite this week. Uh, I'm going, and if you look back at his prior history here, I mean, back in 2018, he had a 67 positive 5.5 shots on the field. And, and if you go back, I mean, since like the middle of 2020, he's only had one round uh, more than uh, minus two shots on the field. And I mean, he's just dominating strokes gain. Uh, in I, think, every I think the category. only week that he hasn't played good golf the entire year. Oh, not the week you picked him, Tyler. Uh, waste management. Yes, yes, that is correct. Did yeah. he missed the cut that week, and then won the next week. Yes, did he but, miss the cut that week? He did not play the weekend. <laughs> so yeah, but he was still. He was actually. He only had one round. Uh, shot seventy one at the waste management, and that was his only round. Uh, minus strokes gained on the field this year. How lucky Makes for sense. me. Makes sense. Well yeah. done, Tyler. Well done. <laughs> How lucky then, for me. But also about Daniel Berger, backdoor top 10 last week. Good form. Great course for him. That's my winner of the tournament. By the way, you've given away five picks, and that wasn't your most expensive. So I think I can guess who your most expensive is. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going Fire with away. Sung J.M. The defending champ. The defending yep. champion. The Florida man. Yep. Defending champ. Florida guy. Not, not much more to be said. Yeah. 
Okay. Strong yep. contender. Yeah, I'll just read. All, I mean, hasn't missed a cut in forever. One here, finished 51st is only other time. And we do, we're going to have two overlapping, Sam, because you got Zach Johnson and I got uh, the double bacon cheeseburger as well. So, I mean, it, since 2015, missed the cut twice, but has finished uh, second in 2015. And last year here, finished fourth. And obviously, the only week he's played bad is when I picked him um, since going back to really since the start of COVID. So, um, re- uh, yeah, give me give me uh, the double bacon cheeseburger for, uh, what is that, 10,800. So, fellas, I'm going to go sesame seed bun. I'm going to go mustard, ketchup, pickles. Let's go with some cheese. We could probably throw some bacon on there if we wanted to. Some tomato as well, because I'm also going to have myself a cheeseburger. This is bad. This is bad. <laughs> this is very bad. We're all three on Daniel Burger this week. Oh, man. Daniel Burger, he's probably going to have a high own percentage in all of your pools, but in a week that there aren't that many guys that are that feel like sure things to be on the leaderboard on the weekend, I mean, there's no, there are no sure things in golf. But he feels pretty close this week. I mean, he just feels like he's set to play well. So we're all three on him. I, I honestly can't think of another thing that's going against him. He has that going against him for sure. Yep. But I can't think of a, of a second thing. So <laughs> all three have Daniel Berger in our lineups. Uh, best bets, Sam, you got some best bets, some value you like this week? Uh, give me one second. Let me pull that up. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be Berger and him at yeah. the top. And, and those are the guys. Uh, it's weird because this week you're going to be getting different odds on the same players than you've seen all year because of the strength of field. Uh, like Taylor Gooch has been hovering around the 80 to 90 to 100 to 1. I think he was 66 to 1 uh, a couple weeks ago at Bay Hill. Taylor Gooch this week is 30 to 1. Uh, Adam Scott, who you mentioned, is 25 to 1. If you want to bet Berger, he's all the way down at 10 to 1. Uh, Sung J.M. is at 12 to 1. I noticed none of us threw Lee Westwood in our DraftKings lineups. He's 20 to 1 and might be yeah, popular you this know, week. With, with Westwood, I I think he's way overrated on DraftKings this week because when I look at Data Golf, he's number forty-one uh, this week just based on how he's played the course in the past. And, I just think he's tired. And strokes game, and then I, that's what I was going to say was he was even tired last week. I can't imagine how he's going to be this week. But I mean, if you're if you're confident in Westwood, I mean, go for it. But, I mean, obviously, he's playing great golf. He's yeah. got back-to-back runner-up finishes, but that is a lot of physical and emotional toll that that's taken on his body over the last two weeks, especially at two courses like Bay Hill and Sawgrass. It's not like you did at the American Express. I mean, these are golf courses that require precision on, on pretty much every shot. Uh, by the way, guy I really like, Shane Lowry, 22-1. to 1. I think that that's about a right number for Shane Lowry, and I'll probably sprinkle a little bit there this week because I, I feel really confident in him. Yeah, uh, I, I would say uh, my best bet this week um, would be to go with uh, Dylan Fratelli, top 20, oh, plus, plus okay. 170. He's ranked 69th on Data Golf, ranked 69th nice. in, in uh, World Golf Ranking. Uh, I like Doug Gim, also top 20. No, plus, you don't say. Plus 200. Um, but, uh, I mean, to win... Uh, you, you, you're not going to bet against Berger M or maybe TG if you wanted to get in there for a win, but uh, there's no surefire uh, like dog out there this week that I would even put any money on. To, I'm, yeah, to I'm looking the at win. the same thing. I'm looking at like long odd guys, guys who are, are way down here to win the tournament. I mean, Rafa Cabrera Bell, Charles Schwartzel, these guys are 125 to 1. Furyk's 110 to 1. I just, I can't feel comfortable putting any money that far down the list. Uh, you scroll up a little bit further. I don't know, Brendan Steele at 45 to 1. He's playing good golf and he's playing steady, but I don't see him winning a golf tournament. Uh, by the way, he has the same odds as both Cameron Davis and Ricky Fowler, who's 45 to 1. Obviously, none of us are putting Ricky in our lineups because uh, he hasn't been playing great golf lately. I'll just ask, does he make the cut? Yes or no? I say yes, but he finishes very low. No, Sam? No. No? Doesn't make the cut? No. And I, then I got one more. I will uh, also say he doesn't make the cut. I don't think Ricky makes it this yeah, week. I don't, I don't. He's, he's searching. He's lost. He's lost. Yeah. Uh, and then TG, uh, you mentioned his odds to win, but his odds to finish top 20 are plus 125, and he's playing wow, great golf right now. plus money for a top 20? Yeah, for TG. I figured he'd be minus 125 for nope. a top 20. That's plus a pretty good bet. Yeah, yeah he's that's won, a bet I like he, a lot. What is he, the third-ranked highest American in the field or something like that? Uh, so, I mean, yeah, he'd be behind what? Berger and... I'm looking at the uh, odds here. Just in the odds, the only other American higher than him is Russell Henley at 25 to one. Yeah, the uh, so he's fourth. The only other per, uh, American higher besides Berger and Henley is uh, Kevin Strillman at 59. So, okay. yep. so I mean, he's he's right there with, with him. Um, in, in all honesty, he's right there with, with being the second highest ranked American in the field. So I mean, it's really high praise. Yeah, absolutely. Honesty. So we got to make our one and done picks, and we go in order of who made the most money last week. So <laughs> Sam and I each had Patrick Cantlay and Webb Simpson. So that's two miscuts apiece. So that's 0 for 4 as a show, and then Taylor went 1 for 2, so we went 
one for six on made cuts as a show, but the one made cut we had as a show was Taylor's Justin Thomas pick, which netted him 2.7 mil last week. So, Taylor, fire away. Give us your one and done pick. Yeah, you know, I, I say just the way we do it, the 73rd hole made $2.7 million in the pool this week. You know, that's what you can say. You can jump in my coattails if you want. Um, so, I, I'll take that. I and mean, does that mean we don't have to buy you canes whenever you win for the, the season? If we're sharing the winnings, you know. No, absolutely not. No, 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 absolutely not. No, I mean, you, y'all can watch me eat it if you want to. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the same experience. I'll steal experience. a fry. Yeah, yeah, I'll steal a fry. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe a piece of toast. I'll give you a fry. So, <laughs> you mentioned earlier, Colby, that we didn't bring up Westwood in our DraftKings. There's a reason I did not have him in my DraftKings. Oh. Because I, I'm being a little risky here. I'm a little risky. I even said yesterday, after I saw the tweet about how tired he was, I said, I'm not going to pick him. But he was the first person that came to mind. And... I go back and I look in this course history, gentlemen. Going back to 2010, he has, what is this, one, two, he has four top tens here. He has two fourths and two ninths, has a 25th, a 29th, and his worst finish is a 46th. So hasn't missed the cut. And one thing I saw yesterday that came out that that really persuaded me was that he is kicking his fiance off the bag for his son to caddy for him at Augusta. So I think that he is in kind of a, don't don't give a don't give an F mentality right now. So if he's tired, he's just going to rest for the next three days on a course that he's played well at and has been playing good form. I mean, and like we said, there's no other guy that really sticks out. The only other the only two there, there's a couple because like uh, Shane Lowry, you mentioned Colby. I have him in our email pool, so I think he has a good chance. Only other two guys I don't pick defending champions, so I wouldn't pick Sung Jay. And the only other pick that I like would be Joaquin Neiman. And he has not finished better than 59th here in two appearances. So I'm going to go with the guy who's has a proven track record here, even though he may be tired. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. And you say it's a risk, but who's not a risk this week? Unless you yeah. want to run out Burger or M, but even then you're I, risking... I, I, I can't use Burger. I use it for a missed cut. Yeah, I forgot about that. You did use Burger. Uh, I don't think I've used Burger, but I'm, I have not, but I'm not going to use Burger this week. I'm going to run out the guy I've been saying I like. I'm running out Shane Lowry. I, I You know, I like li- lives right down the street. His strokes, his ball striking the last two weeks, even at Bay Hill when he missed the cut. He missed the cut at Bay Hill, and it's because his putting was like negative four strokes. He His approach to green, off the tee, he was unbelievable the last two weeks. So I think Shane Lowry has a good chance to win this tournament. And uh, I hope he peaks this week because I tell you, you got what, a lot of eggs in the Shane Lowry. I basket. can use some bread. I've got all the eggs in the Shane Lowry basket. If Shane Lowry misses the cut, then uh, I'm basically out of contention in everything, everything. Sam, but if he wins, you're doing really well. I think I know who Sam's picking. Burger. I was gonna go. I was gonna go M if y'all didn't go burger and y'all went neither. And so I'm going burger. Time, right, nice. This is where I make up some ground, boys. Or is this where I make up some ground, boys? <laughs> this is where y'all keep getting left in the dust. Boy, I tell what you happens. what, if Westwood. If Westwood wins this week, I mean, Taylor's already ahead of me by about $3.2 million, and he's ahead of Sam by about $3.6 million. So, winner of this tournament, just for comparison's sake, last week JT got $2.7 million. Winner this year, $1.26. So, yeah, the, you yeah. know, it's less, even, less than half of the purse. I don't even know if I want it. Or less than half of the winnings, I mean. <laughs> well, and, no, I definitely want it. I mean, 8.5% chance to win for Burger. I mean, that's one of the higher ones we've seen on Data Golf. Like yeah, going into the week, yeah, yeah going yeah. into the week, yeah. It just shows how. Like, I mean, great player, weak field. That's, field it, yeah, yeah. That's yeah a, I mean, you look at the the strength of or the official World Golf rankings where people rank. You got fifteenth at Burger, you know, Sung Jay's eighteenth, uh, Westwood's nineteenth. You go twenty twenty fifth, twenty ninth, fortieth, fifty third, fifty fifth, fifty ninth, and you get down to Russell Henley and T Gooch there at uh, sixty and sixty four. So I mean, you don't have to scroll too far down, and, and really not that many top fifty players in the world. So whenever you can get. One that has, um, it, it, like we said, we got the defending champ up there in Sunjay. Westwood's been playing, so he's tired. So Berger seems like the surefire bet compared to everyone else. Yeah, no doubt. You know, it's it's hard to be the absolute best at something, but that's what the folks at Diffie are. The Diffie Ford Lincoln team is pleased to announce that they have won the prestigious President's Award for 2020. The Diffie team is very honored to win this award because it is based on sales and service, and that is what they pride themselves on, service after the sale. The Ford and Lincoln brand only give this award out to the top dealers in the nation. And the Diffie organization is the only dealer in the entire state of Oklahoma that received this award in both Ford and Lincoln in the same year. So whether you're looking for the all-new 2021 F-150 or the all-new Lincoln Navigator, give the Diffie family a try, a place where you can deal directly with the owner, Lane Diffie, and also a place where you never feel any pressure to buy Diffie Ford Lincoln just 15 minutes west of the Metro, serving Oklahomans for 67 years. Gentlemen, uh, the Honda Classic should be a great event, but we actually got some other great news, especially for junkies like us who spent all Friday and Saturday playing 
15 hours of Tiger Woods video games. Tiger Woods is coming back to the video games. He's inked a long-term deal with 2K that will see him on the games, and he'll be like an executive producer of it, I think is what I saw. So, hey, Tiger might be uh, laid up with a broken leg, but he's still making moves. Let's go. It'll be interesting to see how they uh – integrate the old the old stuff that EA Sports did uh, and see like if they can make it like a little more realistic old school Tiger Woods so that'll be that'll be kind of cool yeah, yeah I, I mean you just got to go go off you find what's the best and work from there right so I mean go we all say 2004 2005 to you know those are the best Tiger Woods games made and I mean you can even look like 2014 yeah when they had the masters in there and once they started doing that they made it really cool too yeah. you know I just just go back and look on what you did right and you know one of the things that that the 2k game has done that a lot of other games really haven't been able to do in golf or even just customization at all. I mean, you can create any course that you want yeah, on that game. Yeah, that's really cool. And they're definitely going to be able to keep that in, in into the game. And so that's super cool because not only does it bring golfers into it, but, I mean, it could just bring artists into it. I mean, it's, I mean you can – it's like sculpting a painting out yep. there or painting a, you know, and, painting a picture. You and know? the great thing 2K did, like, obviously you can't play with the, with the normal players, like the pros yet – um, but I think that that might be a deal that is going to happen with Tiger coming on board. But yeah, I mean, getting Tiger on board, that's that's a big deal that's for 2K. That's a huge yeah. deal. And the cool thing about 2K is it's more realistic. It's playable. It's not too hard. But it's, like, more realistic where you can't just shoot 50 under. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's kind of cool. It's it's yeah. like it's a good way to get kids into golf, too. Yeah. And I, it's fun for people my age, too. Yeah, it's definitely going to draw – it's going to draw in more people. Like you said, Colby, just because of the uh, the Tiger Woods name, that's just going to, you know, get the mark out there so much bigger. But, um, you know, even even going deeper than that, guys, you know, we want to see as many golfers and courses as, as we can. You know, the problem is, like, for example, in Madden and, um, you know, NBA 2K and some of the other leagues, you know, there's a, there's a players' union, right? So right. – you know, all you have to do is get the players' union on, and then you get all the players' rights, right? It's infamous, like in Madden, there's no Bill Belichick on there because he's not a part of the coaches' union, you know, so they just put some random filter yep. name right. in there, you know? So yep. that's the hard thing about golf games is that everyone's essentially an independent contractor, so you have to get 125 of the – if you want to get everyone in the FedEx Cup rankings, you have to get 125 independent contractors to agree on, you know, what percentage they get and yeah. all that, you know. So – and then, obviously, the courses that you license. The course maker kind of changes that a little bit because you yeah. can create anything. But, but at the same time, it's still it's still not, not the exact same. You know what I'm saying? Right. So – um, I mean, that's just another layer to it, but um, I, I just hope that they go in the positive direction as opposed to like what a lot of games have been doing, microtransactions and all that stuff and pay to win and all that. So, And really just like we all want to do, guys, grow the game, and I think having Tiger Woods license on a video game definitely does that. Yeah, you know, you mentioned kids, getting kids into the game. I mean, one of the most fun things about being a kid, one of the things that made me love Tiger and love golf was uh, I actually remember the first Tiger Woods video game I played was on PlayStation 1. It was called Cyber Tiger. And you start, do y'all remember Cyber Tiger at <laughs> no. all? I played on PS1, I remember. I played I, Tiger yeah. Woods 99. I mean, so I it was played probably it, very similar. I played it so much on the PlayStation 1. You started with Tiger like as a little kid, and you worked all the way up through what? his life until he turned into a pro. And then you could get him basically where he looks like Bryson DeChambeau, and he was just <laughs> jacked. And he could How hit, have I never heard and, of this? And he could I haven't like either. Four, once, once you got him all the way to Cyber Tiger, he could hit like 400 yard bombs. And uh, it, was, it was awesome. It was, Cyber Tiger? It was, oh, yeah, I was like five years old. It was like, it was my first introduction. <laughs> Introduction to Tiger and the love of the game of golf. So hopefully these future video games will do the same thing for some other kids. So we're we're very much into the the Tiger Woods and, video and, games on this and show. And just to give the people, we're, we mentioned the uh, March Madness bracket that we're doing with the Tiger Woods, and uh, we we're doing 04 and 05, and we made a full bracket. We finished the first round. Uh, it, it took take, a little bit of time. Took there, a little bit of time. There were some upsets. There was some big upsets. Who went down. Jack went down. Arnie. We we each lost a well, uh, our second round pick. We'll wait until the video comes out to tell everybody but we jack yeah. did go down jack went down a couple other went big down. names went tiger down tiger went down one of the tigers went <laughs> one down one of the tigers went down so yeah it, it was good it was a lot of fun yeah. there's there's probably some names in there that you wouldn't still expect to be in yep. based on their their stats on the game and some other names but we had a lot of fun with it some hole outs some lip some lip outs i need to go practice well. my putting i mean I my goodness say, i think on uh, saturday sam lost like his last 9 games in a row before we quit playing yeah. and they were all by like one shot on a lip out yeah, yeah. so it was fun for taylor and i <laughs> it was uh, fun. It, yeah very nice to watch <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> An absolute blast. Uh, yes, Taylor, yes. Yeah, yeah. just want to keep everyone up to date uh, before we get out of here with the college tournaments that were going on. So, Absolutely. So looking at it here, um, um, not officially done down at the uh, at University of Texas tournament. Um, looks like Texas currently has a, a 
five-shot lead over OU in second place. Still got some holes left. Might may be able to make it up. Texas Tech's in third. OSU is in fourth. Could have a little bit of volatility there. Those are the only four scores. Uh, four, I'm sorry, four schools under par. The next best is fifth. New Mexico at 17 over, and they're already in. So goes to show the conditions playing tough. And then obviously here at the uh, Bronco uh, Collegiate over at uh, at Oak Tree that we were talking about yesterday. Looks like my alma mater, uh, Oklahoma Christian, is going to get the win. Um, they shot plus 31, which really with how bad the weather was yesterday isn't too terrible. And then uh, UCS is going to finish second at plus 36. So uh, fighting Eagles, baby. Let's go. Yeah, uh, obviously OU uh, yesterday had Logan McAllister uh, at nine under after the first day. It looks like he's one over on the round uh, today. And then uh, when we're talking about PGA Tour U, uh, reband is even par for the tournament Uh uh, Quaid is one over for the tournament, three over on the day. Um, man, and, and then uh, we have Ekro as well at seven over on the tournament. So uh, not the best week for our guys as far and like Ekro's T36, Quaid is T16, and Reban is T13. Um, so no, not the best week for our guys as far as trying to move up into that top five and keeping those uh, top five. I think Eckrod will still probably keep his top five, but uh, Reban and Quaid need to – these next few weeks are going to be huge for them. They need to throw a win up there or a top five or beat uh, some of these top 50-ranked players uh, to get some more points. Yeah, so. no doubt about it. Uh, all right, everybody be careful tonight with the weather. I just saw I just want to throw this out there because it's kind of fun. Uh, so Northwest Oklahoma tonight is under an enhanced risk for both severe weather and a winter storm watch. So we have a snow NATO in Northwest Oklahoma. Be careful, people. But if there's a snow NATO, somebody video it so that we can watch it on Twitter because that will go viral. <laughs> weather in Oklahoma, always unpredictable this time of year. Uh, fellas, good stuff. Good picks. What we got? We got Shane Lowry. We got Lee Westwood. We got Daniel Berger. So everyone root against Lee Westwood this week so that Taylor does not extend his lead. Uh, his lead and then we will be back next Monday. But Scott Verplank interview coming out Thursday morning. You wake up Thursday morning. You check on your phone. It will be up. You can also listen, of course, GolfOklahoma.org. Go check it out. Uh, all the local stories. All the college golf right there at golfoklahoma.org. Uh, thrilled to be partnered with them here on the 73rd hole. That's enough for today. Thanks to Jim Woodward for joining us. Everybody, thank you for listening once again to the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. <laughs>